The psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Amen. Amen. Can you just greet somebody next to you? Amen. Tell them you're glad to see them in church this day. <coughs> Amen. 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 <coughs> it's always good to come together as children of God and fellowship with one another. Amen. I know some are already on holidays, but those of us who are here, we continue to fellowship. Yes. Amen. Amen. We continue to come and receive from the throne as the Father ministers to us. <coughs> and we also continue to be a source of encouragement one to another. Amen. Amen. Um, what I want to share with you today, I just want to give this introduction. Most of the successful companies, they always have time to take stock. Amen. Because if you don't take stock, you might find that people are stealing from your company and you don't see it. You think you are still fine. Okay? So I realize that also as people, there are times we should take stock. Especially even times like this when it's toward the end of the year. It's a good time to take stock. Amen. You take stock of your own life. You are the master of your own company, Amen. which is your life. Amen. Amen. Nobody should be taking stock on you. Take stock on yourself. Amen. Tell your neighbor, take stock on yourself. <laughs> Amen. In other words, you evaluate yourself and say, where am I? Where am I spiritually? As if it's a stock item. You've got a stock item called spiritually. You've got a stock item called business-wise and your ambitions and things that you wanted to do. You've got a stock item called your work with the Lord or with other people, your relationship with your relatives. There are many stock items that you can check on. Amen. Amen. And it's very important that we take stock. So today I want us to talk about taking stock, but you are taking stock on your own life because the reason why most of us fail is because you always want to compare yourself with others and you're not taking stock on your own life. It's very easy to quickly say, look at what that one is doing. Look at what that one is doing. You're taking stock of other companies, but you're missing to take stock of the most important company in your life, which is your self. Amen. And actually, even the Lord himself takes stock. I'm encouraged, there's this scripture that I shared with the brethren in Atlantis. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 5, <clears throat> verse 1 to 4. We'll do it in the NLT. I want you to look at somebody who was taking stock, and then he was concerned about his vineyard. Amen. As he was taking stock, he was concerned about his vineyard. And then, this, uh, the friend then sang a song. Can you do it for us? Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 to 4. If you've got it in NLT, we can do it NLT. <coughs> but otherwise, you can do it any version. Now I will sing for the one I love. A song about his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a rich and fertile hill. So the beloved had, a, you see, just checking, okay, at least this, 
beloved of mine, had a vineyard on a rich and fertile hill. Already when you hear the word rich and fertile hill, you expect good harvest, isn't it? Continue. <clears throat> he plowed the land, cleared its stones, and planted it with the best vines. Okay. He did everything and he planted it with the best vines. Again, we are expecting a great harvest. Mm-hmm. In the middle, he built a watchtower and kept a wine press in the nearby rocks. Mm. Then he waited for a harvest of sweet grapes, but the grapes that grew were bitter. Oh. Say, ouch. <laughs> so it says, this guy had a vineyard in a rich and fertile soil. He chose the best vines, the best seed to be used for this, expecting sweet grapes. He waited for sweet grapes, and lo and behold, the grapes were bitter. Okay. Uh huh. Now, you people of Jerusalem and Judah, uh-huh. you judge between me and my vineyard. Uh-huh. What more could I have done for my vineyard that I have not already done? Uh-huh. When I expected sweet grapes, why did my vineyard give me bitter grapes? Okay. So, this man, I like it because he was checking. So, the friend says, I'm singing a song about my beloved friend who had a vineyard. You can see it. So, he says, I've done everything. My, actually, my vineyard is in a fruitful place. Okay? I can hear this cry from the Lord. When he has placed you in a fruitful place, when you are given a good word, when you are surrounded by good people, what does he expect from you? Good harvest. Sweet grapes. It says, behold, I got sour grapes or bitter grapes. It says, what more could I have done? So I'm just showing you that's a reflection. Okay? Go to the book of Revelations chapter 2, 2 to 7. So I'm just showing you when God is the one who is actually reflecting on our lives, but we need to reflect ourselves on our lives. Sometimes you may spend a lot of time in church and you find that you can only count the number of years that you have been in church. That's your only testimony. (laughs) Your only testimony is that I've been in the Lord now for 10 years, for 15 years. You can only count years. You like Jared. If you read in the Old Testament, you will hear so-and-so beget so-and-so. And they said, Jared, so this guy, he lived for 900 and something years, and he died. <laughs> so we don't hear anything. We just hear you, you lived for 900 and what years, and you died. Okay? So do you see that? So I'm saying it's very important to reflect in our own lives. And it's better to reflect when you are still alive. You say, am I a fruitful vine? Am I yielding the fruit expected of the master? Even in your own individual life, are you fruitful? Are you successful here on the earth? Amen. So check the stock. The master has invested more than enough in each one of us. He says, what more could I have done? 
Are you still expecting the master to still do more? Because he says, I've even, I've even taken out the stones. You heard him saying, I carved out the stones. I cleared everything. Okay? So he's done all that. And he's justified to expect great harvest. He's justified to expect sweet grapes. And yet, he says, you're only yielding bitter grapes. Revelations chapter 2, 2 to 7. Let's read in the message. <coughs> Revelations 2, 2 to 7. In the message translation. I want to see again the Lord reflecting on churches. So he reflects, he makes this reflection. But I'm saying let's even reflect on ourselves. If the Lord can reflect on us, he wants us to reflect on ourselves. That's why the Bible says if we judge ourselves, then we would not be judged. Okay? You know that in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, isn't it? It says if we, do not, if we judge ourselves, then we would not have to be judged. In other words, you check yourself and say, but this is not right. Here I need to improve. Here I need to do this. And even maybe for your New Year's resolutions, they should be based on that reflection. Where am I going? Where am I? Am I still on the right path? Some of you find that you started very well. You are like the Galatians. <laughs> Paul says, Galatians, you guys were running well. Who stopped you? And he says, surely the one who stopped you is not the one who called you. Because you were running well. What has happened? Some of you, if you look at that first day when you accepted Jesus, the joy and the excitement, and you were telling everybody about this Jesus. Amen. But now all of a sudden, you get used to the things of God. And we relax and we think it doesn't matter anymore. No, actually it's not so serious. Look at this. Revelation chapter 2, 2 to 7. Message. I see what you have done. Your hard, hard work, your refusal to quit. Okay. So look, God will commend you where you are doing well. Tell your neighbor, God will commend you where you are doing well. <coughs> but he will also rebuke you where you are not doing well. And I think we should do the same for our own selves. Sometimes where you are doing well, commend yourself. Feel good about it. Say, I thank God for this. Amen. And where you are not doing well, reflect and repent. Continue. <clears throat> so he's still commending them, this church. But I'm taking this as directed to a person. <clears throat> I know you can't stomach evil. That hmm. you weed out apostolic pretenders. So... They were very good at, they don't allow evil thing among them or in this person's life. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I know your persistence. I know your persistence. Mm -hmm. Your courage in my cause. Mm -hmm. That you never wear out. You see, so he's giving the necessary commendation. Mm -hmm. But you walked away from your first love. Why? Okay. Did you see his concern? He says, I know you are doing well in this area. I know you are doing well in this area. I know you are a good giver. I know you love people. I know you do this. I know you do this. But why does it seem here you are missing? He says, you have lost your first love. <clears throat> Meaning you were once on fire for the Lord. Your love for God had consumed you. 
and your zeal for the things of God had consumed you. Now you are lukewarm. You are relaxed. So he says, so repeat that verse 4 and continue. But you walked away from your first love. Mm. Why? What's going on with you? Okay. Why? What's going on with you? Can we, so it's better you ask yourself that question. If you think, just reflect. I'm giving each one of you a time to reflect. Do you think you are more on fire now than you have ever been for the Lord? If not, you're saying why? You have lost your first love. Some of you, you are losing your first love because you are starting to compare yourself with others. But you know what God has done for you. Amen. Amen. Do you know that when God deals with us, he deals with us as individuals. Some of you find that you are so much faithful in whatever you do for the Lord. Everything you do, you are faithful. You are serving God diligently. Others, they haven't experienced what God has done for you. That's why they can afford to play church. Okay? So you need to say, this is about me and my life. I know what God has done for me. And even if I were to remain as the only person that still sticks with God, I will do so. Because I know what God has done for me. Some of you should have been dead already by now. But the Lord has been gracious to you. Amen. Amen. So those who haven't seen the hand of God upon their lives, let them play on. But don't copy them. Don't let that discourage, don't let their behaviors discourage you. Amen. Because it's about you and your life. So he says, you have walked away from your first love. Why? Other translation says you have lost your first love. You started running well. Now all of a sudden, chobe shangoni matakaza. See, there is a saying like that in Venezuela. I don't know what is it in English. Who's good at English? Chobe shangoni matakaza. <laughs> okay, so it means sometimes some of our languages are rich somewhere and you won't have the English rendition of that. But continue. Do verse 4 and continue. But you walk away from your first love. Mm. Why? What's going on with you? Mm. Anyway, do you have any idea how, you have, how far you have fallen in Lucifer's fall? Okay. He says, do you know how far you've fallen? A Lucifer's fall. I've commended you for all the good things that you are doing, but you have really fallen big here. You have lost your first love. You are lukewarm now. Okay? But if you know what God has done for you, don't be discouraged by what other people, because some of you, indeed, that is the thing that's pulling you down. You look at others and see how they are not serious with the things of God. And it starts affecting you, and you also now start not being serious. But you know what God has done for you. And when God comes, he will make us account as individuals. It's got nothing to do with my husband, my wife, my child, my church mate, or anything like that. It's about you. Continue. Turn back. Mm. Recover your dear Elila. Yes. No time to So waste. tell your neighbor, I'm recovering my early love. Amen. Amen. That passion, that zeal, it's my resolution for the new year. 
I'm resolving to be passionate about the things of God. Mm -hmm. No time to waste. Yes, no time to waste. Mm. For I'm well on my way to removing your light from the golden circle. Mm. You do have this to your credit. Yeah. You hate the Nicolaitan business. I hate it too. So he says, but there are some things that you are doing well. That's what's good about the Lord. Where you are doing well, he will commend you. Okay? Where you are not doing well, he will rebuke you. And for us, it doesn't mean if you are successful in one area, you are also successful in the other. That's why sometimes you find some people, they are good Christians and they are good at this, but there is another area of their lives that you can't be proud of. So you don't have to say, because they've been long in the Lord, you know these are servants of God, they do this and this, but why are they doing that? That may be the area where the Lord is rebuking them on. Continue. Are your ears awake? Listen. Okay. Listen to the, wi- to the wind waves. The spirit blowing through the churches. I'm about to call each conqueror to dinner. Okay. He's about to call each conqueror to dinner. Do we have some conquerors here? The master is about to come back. He wants to call. Amen. He wants to call the conquerors to dinner. Those who are victorious. I'm about to call them. Mm-hmm. I'm spreading a banquet of tree of life fruit, a supper plucked from God's orchard. Amen. So the master is coming back, but he's reminding us as we are still in this journey, reflect. Reflect. You know where you are not doing well. You know where you need to repent. You know where you need to keep on excelling. Because he says there are some things that you are doing well. Keep on doing them. Keep on excelling. The problem with this thing again, like I said, comparing yourself with others. And you end up not being the best that the Lord has created you to be. Because you see that if that's what people are doing, then if I'm doing this, I'm already far much better. That is the problem. Amen? Because God has invested in you. The Bible says, to whom much is given, much shall be required. You don't know what the Lord has entrusted to those other people. But as for you, you know what God has invested in your life, what he expects from you. Because there are some people, did you know that there are some people, even in churches, who just nicked in? Mm. Go to the book of Jude. Okay? Jude says, I wanted to be encouraging you, writing to you about this, but I feel I need to make you aware, to contend for your faith, because there are some people who have sneaked in, who don't belong in there, who just sneaked in. Now, if they have sneaked in and you use them as your barometer, you are going to fail. Okay? So go to that Jude. We'll start it from, we'll do it in Amplified now. We'll start it from verse 3. You can call it Jude chapter 1 or just Jude because there's no chapters. But starting from verse 3, and we'll pause at verse 5 and then we'll go down again to verse 14. But start from verse 3. Amplified Jude chapter, Jude 3 to 5. Beloved, 
My whole concern was to write to you in regard to our common salvation. Okay. So he says, I wanted to write to you with regard to our common salvation. So he had something that he wanted to share with them. Mm -hmm. But I found it necessary and was impelled to write to you and urgently appeal to and exhort you to contend for the faith which was Okay. So he says, when I wanted to write to you about our common salvation, I felt compelled to write to you about this urgent matter so that you can contend for your faith. Continue. And exhort you to contend for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, the faith which is the sum of Christian belief, which was delivered verbally to the holy people of God. For certain men have crept in stealthily. Okay. Certain men have crept in stealthily. Other translations? What does that verse? Let's see this stealthily creeping in. Verse 4. Any other translation? And then we'll go back to that one in verse 4. We want to see what is this stealthily sneaking in. For certain men have crept in unnoticed. Okay, so some crept in unnoticed. And they become part of the team. But they just got in stealthily. I say this because some ungodly people have warmed their way into your churches. Okay. Some ungodly people have warmed their ways into your churches. Because sometimes you would be thinking that everyone who is next to you who is in church indeed knows why they are in church. Jude says, I'm warning you because there are some who sneaked in. There are some who warmed their way stealthily into the church. So now, if you are going to compare yourself with such people, you will think you are doing well, isn't it? And sometimes you would even be discouraged to say, ah, in church, and you find people like do, doing like this. Maybe they sneaked in, who knows? Okay? So he says, they have stealthily, so go back to that um, the Amplified. For certain men have crept in stealthily. So in other words, just, just read it. Actually, the Amplified explained that, creeping in stealthily. For certain men have crept in stealthily, gaining entrance secretly by a side door. Okay, so they got in, so we're seated, everybody's getting through the front door, and then by the side door, got in and seated. Okay? He's saying this. He says some have gotten their way in by the side door. Okay? Their doom was, pre was predicted long ago. Mm. Ungodly, impious, profane persons who pervert the grace, the spiritual blessings and favor of our God into lawlessness and wantonness and immorality and disown and deny our soul master and Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen. Now, did you hear that? Did you get that? We're going to continue from verse 14, going onwards. I'm reminding you, I'm telling you that if you, in counting your stock, you are always comparing yourself with others. You will either compare yourself with people who don't have any purpose in life and you think you are doing well, 
or you compare yourself with people that just sneaked in and found their way in the church and you think you are doing well. Or you look at them and say, ah, if church is like this, then I should rather backslide. Then the devil wins both ways because he gets those people intentionally so that they come there and discourage you. So when you see them in there and you say, oh, is this what church is about? Ah, then I'm going back to the world. You see that the enemy has achieved this mission? Mm. So he says they stealthily got their way in. But he says their judgment was already proclaimed. Go to verse 14. It was of these people, moreover, that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied when he said... So it seems like already even in the seventh generation, during the time of Enoch, he had already prophesied about people like those. We might be saying in the end times, actually uh, Timothy calls it, there will be scoffers in the end times. Mockers who will come in to discourage your faith. Continue. Behold, the Lord comes with his myriads of holy ones, ten thousands of his saints, to execute judgment upon all and to convict all the impious and holy ones of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in such an ungodly way, and all severe, abusive, jeering things which ungodly sinners have spoken against. These are inveterate, murmurous, grumblers. Okay. Inveterate, murmurers. Have you heard some murmurers in church? Grumblers. Oh, they are, they are written. Jude knows about them. Grumblers. Who complain have, of have you heard of, of, of some grumblers in the church? Already known. It's not new. Mm-hmm. Who complain of their lot in life? Have you heard those? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Going after their own desires, mm-hmm. controlled by their passions, mm. their talk is boastful and arrogant. Mm. And they claim to admire men's persons and pay people flattering compliments to gain advantage. Hmm. So you can see, Jude is not leaving any stone unturned. Continue. But you must remember, beloved. Yeah, you must remember, beloved. So he says, there are these things, but you must remember, beloved. Hmm. Okay? So somewhere you will hear him encouraging the beloved. Somewhere he will say, but there are these people. But you, beloved. You must remember, beloved. Uh Hmm. The predictions which were made by the apostles, the special messengers of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, Mm. they told you beforehand, Mm. in the last days, in in the end time, there will be scoffers who seek to gratify their own unholy desires, following after their own ungodly passion. So he says, but remember, beloved, the, 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 the prophets and people of old have already talked about these people. And they said in the last days, there will be those scoffers. There will be those people who, turn, who are ungodly. But they will be there among you. Mm-hmm. It is these who are agitators, setting up distinctions and causing divisions, merely sensual creatures, carnal, worldly-minded people. Mm-hmm. devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. Mm. But you... I like that. I like verse 20. 
You see, he talked about these people and he says, but you, beloved. But you, beloved. Amen. Mm -hmm. But you. But you, beloved. Build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. Rise like an edifice higher and higher. Praying in the Holy Spirit. But you, beloved, with all these things happening, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. So in other words, these things may be happening around me, in the world or even in churches. But as for me, I'm going to build up myself in my most holy faith. Mm -hmm. Guard and keep yourself in the love of God. Yeah, guard and keep yourselves in the love of God. Mm -hmm. Expect and patiently wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, Mm. the Messiah which will bring you unto life eternal. Mm. And refute so as to convict some who dispute with you, mm. and on with, with some have, and on some have mercy who waver and doubt. So he says, deal with them differently. There are some where you will have to be merciful to them. You know that some people, when they are not doing right, whether it's in churches or wherever, sometimes they are just ignorant. They don't know anything better. Okay? So you need to deal with them with patience. Okay? But there are also others who intentionally go there to violate things. So you will see here he's talking about different ways of dealing with those people. Continue. Strive to save others, Mm. snatching them out of the fire. He says for some, you have to snatch them out of the fire. You force them out. Mm. Mm -hmm. On others, take pity but with fear. Okay. On others, take pity but with fear. Losing even the garment spotted by the flesh and polluted by the sensuality. Now to him who is able to keep you without stumbling or slipping or falling and to present you unblemished, blameless and faultless before the presence of his glory in triumphant joy and exaltation with Mm. unspeakable ecstatic delight Mm. to the one and only God. Our Savior through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Be glory, majesty, might, dominion, power, authority Mm. before all time and now and forever. Mm. Amen. 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 Now to him who is able to keep you from falling. He is still there. The one who is able to keep you from falling. With all the things happening around you. He is able to keep you from falling. Keep your love in him. Keep focused on him. Don't allow those things to move you. Because, like I said that, the enemy is very shrewd. He plants some evil seeds among the good ones so that he can confuse the picture. Okay? But the scriptures are already clear. Go to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. We'll still do it in the Amplified from verse 24 to 30. Because when we are reflecting, you reflect in your own life, but I'm warning you, don't reflect comparing yourself with others. Reflect comparing yourself with the word of God. The Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So when the master comes back, he's not going to judge you comparing you with others. You will be judged comparing you with the assignment that God has given you. 
can he say, well done, you good and faithful servant, when he comes back? Matthew 13, from 24, Amplified. Another parable is set forth before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Okay. The kingdom of God is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. I believe that's what God is doing. He sows good, field, good seed in his field. Mm -hmm. But when he was sleeping, mm. his enemy came and sowed also Daniel with resembling wheat. <laughs> okay. So at least we're learning English. Daniel. That's a good word. Yeah, with re resembling wheat. <laughs> so mufunga. Okay? You see, those of you, especially elderly people, you know sometimes in the fields, when you are growing, you know we've got this, uh, should I call it, yeah, let me use this terminology, which we grew up using, the, the, the African sugar cane. You see, the, we always used to say the other ones were Western. And the, so that one, the one that we have in our fields, Oma, sometimes when it's still growing and it's young, and another one, Mufunga, the other one grows, and when you look at them, you can't see which one is which one. Okay? So that's Daniel. So it's a weed resembling wheat. Now, imagine they are coming out like that, the two of them. And you don't know which one is which one. Are you going to take one out? Mm -mm. Lest you end up taking the right one out. So listen. But while he was sleeping, his enemy came and sought also Daniel, wheat resembling wheat among the wheat, and went on his way. So when the plants sprouted and formed grain, the Daniel wheat appeared also. And the servant of the owner came to him and said, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Mm. Then how does it have Daniel's shoot in it? Okay. So if somebody was looking at the Lord's field or at the church, I think he would say, Master, didn't you sow good children only in your church? How is it that there are some of these? Huh? How is it that there are some of these weeds? Continue. He replied to them, an enemy has done this. Yeah. So they are planted by the enemy. enemy. Mm. Tell your neighbor they are planted by the enemy. Mm. It was never, you see, the owner of the field was only planting the good seed. None of you will plant the good seed and you also plant those other Daniels. Okay? It's the enemy who comes and plants it. Uh -huh. The servants said to him, then do you want us to go and weed them out? Do you think it's a good idea? Huh? Is it a good idea to go and weed them out, the Daniels? Because some of you are saying, no, that one is a Daniel. You are very quick to look at other Daniels. <laughs> so, so, so we must start by reflecting. And then the owner of the field says, the, the servants are saying, should we go and pluck the Daniels out? Okay? But he said, no. Mm -hmm. Lest in gathering the wild wheat, wheat resembling wheat, you uproot the true wheat along with it. Mm. 
Let them grow together until the harvest. Okay, so don't worry. Okay? Because you see, the problem with wanting to uproot, you will end up taking out even the right ones and you kill them. Okay? Like I told you, that when people sometimes are behaving in different ways and some are not doing right things, some, they just don't know better. It's not that they are bad. Okay? Now imagine you pluck those ones out. You will lose out on them because those who are going to still come right in the things of the Lord. Okay? But there are others who are really just all the way out. But because you can't distinguish, he says, leave them. Harvest is coming. Mm -hmm. Let them grow together until the harvest. Mm. And at harvest time, I will say to the reapers, gather the darnel first and bind it in bundles to be burned. Mm. But gather the wheat into my granary. Okay. So, tell your neighbor, the Lord will distinguish. Yeah, there will come a time when he would make that separation. The problem is that you are making separation too early. Okay? The Lord says, wait. Harvest is coming. And when it's harvest time, I'll tell the reapers, put this one side. And then put that one side. And the Daniels and all those weeds, they have to be thrown into the fire. The lake of fire. Okay? But my wheat gather into the granary. Again, it repeats the similar thing in, go to verse 47 to 50. Again, it's about the kingdom of heaven. How is it like? Uh-huh. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet which was cast into the sea and gathered in fish of every sort. Okay, now, look at this. When you have a net and you go into the sea and you throw a net and you are catching fish. Do you choose which fish to catch? So when you have caught them and bring them out, you, you get different fish. He says, you catch fish of every sort. Mm-hmm. When it was full, men dragged it up on the beach and sat down and sorted out the good fish into baskets. Okay, now, this, the sorting time is coming. So he says, it will be pulled, it's like harvest time. So he pull it back, and then sit and sort. The good fish into baskets, Mm -hmm. but the worthless ones they throw away. Okay. So it will be at the close and consummation of the age. Mm. The angels will go forth and separate the wicked from the righteous. Mm. Those who are upright and in right standing with God. Mm. And cast them the wicked into the furnace of fire, there will be weeping and wailing and grinding of teeth. Did you get that? So he is in essence encouraging us not to be discouraged by Daniels, not to be discouraged by those uh, bad kind of fish. Okay? Because sometimes when you find somebody is new, maybe you are new, you just came to the Lord recently. And there is this big fish, but it's not the right fish. And it's teaching you bad tricks. <laughs> so, so, so he says you must know that some of these fish, they are not the good ones. Okay? But when it's harvest time, when they pull the nets out into the beach, they will be sorted. 
Okay? So it means your standard should always be what does the Lord say about me? What does the Lord say? What is the word of God saying about me? That's why we give you the word. The Bible says the word is like you are reflecting in a mirror. Okay? So you take a mirror, you reflect in a mirror, you see what you need to be. You see how you look like, but you can also see what you need to look like. Okay? So that's why we should always reflect on the word. So if the word says something in our lives, let's take that. Because even Jesus, even during his time, he always gave people even benefit of doubt. Okay? Go to the book of Matthew, chapter, 18, chapter 12, 18 to 21. We're still reading the Amplified. So, if somebody is still alive, there is always hope. Tell your neighbor, as long as you are still alive, there is hope. Amen. As long as you're still alive, there is hope. Because the word can find you. Amen. So we mustn't pluck it out. Because if you pluck it out, then there is no more hope. Okay. So Matthew 12, 18 to 21, Amplified. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in and with whom my soul is well pleased, and has found its delight. Mm. I will put my spirit upon him, mm. and he shall proclaim and show forth justice to the nations. So now you see what the Lord was saying about our master Jesus. He says, my servant in whom I delight. Okay? I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim and show forth justice to the nations. But I like verse 19 and 20. Mm -hmm. He will not strive or wrangle or cry out loudly, nor will anyone hear his voice, his voice in the streets. Verse 20. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering, dimly burning wick he will not quench. Okay. He says, a bruised reed. A bruised reed, he will not break it. You know some of the reeds among us, they are bruised. Okay? You can see that this reed is bruised. Okay? It says, my, my servant will not break it off. And he says, a smoldering flicks. If there is still a little bit of light, he will not blow, he will not quench it. He's got hope in us. Amen. Tell your neighbor, the Lord still has hope in you. Just hang in there. Amen. Because even if, as long as you see the fact that you at least took effort and came to church. There's still hope. Amen. Amen. So there is a flickering light there. Even though the, the red is bruised, we will not finish it off. Amen. He says, my, must, my servant, whom I have chosen, I've placed my spirit upon him. A bruised red he will not break. And a smoldering, dimly burning wick he will not quench. Till? Till he brings justice and a just cause to victory. And in and on his name will the Gentiles, the people outside of Israel, set their hopes. Amen. You get that? So it's because the Lord always knows his people. 
He also knows those who are serious about him. He also knows those who are pretending. Okay? So, while we are not going to be judging, we want each of us to judge our own selves. We said it's time to reflect. Take stock. Check yourself because the master, you can deceive everybody else, but you cannot deceive the master, the Lord Jesus. Okay? Because some of you say, ah, actually the pastor never said anything about this. Maybe he doesn't even know what I'm doing. He's not your God. The Lord knows. So you are deceiving yourself. Okay? So because it's time to reflect, it's time for you to look at your life and say, if the master were to come back now, where would I be? Will he say, well done, you good and faithful servant? Because some of you, you are still living as if Okay? Just relax. No sense of agency. As if the master is not coming back. So I'm putting this challenge to each one of us to say, the Lord has done something for you. He wants you to be serious about him. He wants you to reflect and indeed be serious about him. Go, go to 2 Timothy. Chapter 2. 19 to 21, we'll read in the Amplified still. 2 Timothy 2, 19 to 21. But the firm foundation of laid by God stands. Mm-mm, let me start it again. But the firm foundation of God stands, sure and unshaken, mm. bearing this seal inscription. Yeah, so the foundation of the Lord has got this sealed inscription. What does the inscription say? The Lord knows those who are his. Yeah. The Lord knows those who are his. Can we all repeat that? The Lord knows all who are his. He also knows the Daniels. Okay? So in other words, instead of us wasting our time, on checking who are the deniers, who are the what, 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 what. It's time for us to reflect. You reflect on your own life. The Lord knows who are his. Okay? Because in the house of the Lord, we are all different. Like I said, some of you are serious, some not. Some, you are good vessels that the master can use. Some, he says, "Uh uh-uh, this is not a vessel to use. Read, continue. And let everyone who names himself by the name of the Lord give up all iniquity and stand aloof from it. Okay, it says everyone who names himself by the name of the Lord, everyone who says he's a child of God, clear away from iniquity. Okay? Make sure you separate yourself from all those evil things. Mm -hmm. But in a great house... Yeah, now I want you to look at this. In a great house... It may be in a church. It may be even in your own homes. Look at how I like the Bible because when it's given in parables, it's given also in a language that we can understand. So when it's talking about a great house here, I will th- I will make you, it's talking about in a church, but I want you to think about your own homes. Okay. But in a great house, mm. there are not only vessels of gold and silver, mm. but also utensils of wood and earthenware, mm and some for honorable and noble use, Mm. and some for menial and ignoble use. Okay. I want to just explain that part of a great house when there are these different vessels. 
Think of in your own home. Okay? You've got some vessels. You remember those plastic uh, cups and those plastic uh, plates? Even children can play with those, isn't it? Yeah. So those are... Okay? But you also have some special vessels. That you say, this one I will only take it out when there are special visitors. These ones are special. When so and so comes, this one, you know some of them you have reserved them, you haven't used it for long. Because it's so precious. Okay? So he says, in a great house, it's like that. Some vessels are gold. Some are silver. Some are utensils of wood. Some are even mud, clay. Which one do you want to be? There's gold. There's silver. There is a wood. There's clay. But they're all in a house. In a great house. So, it means, would you say then that it is the Lord who decides whether you are gold or silver or uh, wood or uh, this? Continue. Then you will see that you can actually make yourself the nice one to be used by the master. So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean mm. will separate himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences mm. will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes. Mm. Consecrated and profitable to the master. Mm. Fit and ready for any good work. You see, so you decide... Whether what kind of a vessel you want to be. Can the master be proud of you? Can the master say, this one is my special vessel that I want to use? Or is it that you are an ignoble, useless vessel? Okay? But it says, you can decide. If you cleanse yourself, if you keep yourself pure, you can be a, must, a, a vessel worthy of the master's use. That's why when we are talking about taking stock, you can decide on your own. Maybe in that area, I think I haven't been doing well there. My prayer life, I'm not really satisfied with it. I'm not satisfied with my level of studying the word of God. I'm not satisfied with how I've been attending church. It's been on and off. I'm not satisfied with how I've been attending prayer meetings. I'm not even satisfied with how I've been living. One foot in, one foot out. But this is time to reflect. And he says, whoever cleanses himself and keeps himself out of this will be set apart and useful for the master's use. Amen. So the master is coming back. He wants each one of us to be useful vessels. And we are living in the last days. The Lord needs more laborers into his field. And he wants most of us. You remember the scripture says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. So he wants more laborers. But be a useful vessel. Be a vessel that the Lord can rely on. The Lord can say, in the Cape, at Jesus the Savior Church, I've got that vessel, that vessel, that vessel. That when I want to do what I want to do, 
I will do it through those. You remember the Bible says, surely the sovereign Lord does nothing on earth except first revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. So God, when he wants to do something on the earth, he needs somebody on earth to use. Okay? Because he has turned the world to mankind. The heavens belongs to the Lord, but the earth he has given to sons of men. Amen? So when he has given us the earth as sons of men to rule, we've got to occupy till he comes. We've got to be faithful as servants that know that our master is coming back. So I want you to take stock of your own life. You take stock, is tell your neighbor, we've been spending too much time taking stock of other people's lives. It's time to take stock of my own life. Amen. That's what we need to be doing because the master is coming back. Like I said, we cannot deceive, we can, you can deceive people, but we cannot deceive the master. So because the master, when he comes back, he's going to judge each one of us according to what he has invested in your life. Let me give you this simple example. This is what I do also with the children, and sometimes they think I'm too strict. Okay. Did you know that even in our own lives, we are gifted differently? Okay? There are some people, let's take an example of schooling. There are some people whom you know, these are the 80 percenters and 100 percenters. Okay? There are some people who are the average people. They will pass, get 50% if they've worked hard. And there are some people, you would say, this one is a slow learner. Okay? We are all there. Okay? Now, if the one who is regarded as a slow learner can work hard and get 50%, I get very much proud of that person. But imagine this one, the 80 percenter, comes back home and says, Daddy, I have passed with the 50%. Then I don't get happy because that's not your level. You think it's just me. Let's go to Matthew. Well, some of you think it's me. Go to Matthew 25. Because I want to show you that even in this very thing of reflecting, why it should be about you and not about somebody else. If you are going to compare yourself with somebody else, you say, but that one got 50% and the pastor was happy. I got 52 and he's not so happy. No. To whom much is given, much shall be required. Okay? It's like there's a certain standard. There are things that we expect from certain people. Okay? Because of where you are, because of your standard, we expect certain things from you. It's like how you people used to keep on grumbling about the, the former president. It's not that he was such a bad man in all of South Africa. You were comparing him with his position. Because some of you maybe were even more bad than him. But because when you compare somebody with where they are supposed to be, then you judge them more harshly. It's fair. That's how the Lord does it. To whom much is given, much shall be required. You remember that man who said, I had a best field. 
a best vineyard and I've made the best choice grapes. I expected sweet grapes. So there is a fair expectation if you have invested much. Okay? So even the Lord, he has invested so much on us. He has placed you in a good church. He has placed you in a good family with some good people around you. Do you know that some of you, you are blessed, you are advantaged. We don't all have the same background. Some of us had to start from the negatives. You start from underground. To come to zero, it was already a struggle. Okay? Then some of you, you had a head start. You started somewhere. So move from where you started from and go higher. But you can't compare yourself with others because you don't know where they have started from. Amen. So we're descending now. Matthew 25 from 14 in the King James Version. Again, it's about the kingdom. So today we're talking about, you remember the verses we read, they just say the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like this. We're talking about kingdom principles. Further, the kingdom of heaven is like. Continue. Verse Matthew 25, 14, going down. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country mm. who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Okay. He called his servants and delivered unto them his goods. So we are here on a mission. Tell your neighbor we are here on a mission. There is somebody who expects something when he returns. Amen. The master has placed me here for a purpose. Amen. And I've got to fulfill that. If you don't have a purpose in life, it's just you. We are purposeful people. And our purpose makes us to be strict even about our own lives. Timothy says, anybody who is a soldier does not entangle himself with the affairs, civilian affairs. You say, I'm a soldier. I'm a disciplined cadre. Continue. And unto one he gave five talents mm. to, to another two. Oh. Repeat. To one he gave five talents and then to another two. Guys, is it fair? To one five, to another two. Two. Huh? Shouldn't it have been five, 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 five? So let's hear why he gave to one five, to another two. Uh -huh. And to another one. Mm -hmm. Why? To every man according to his several ability. Okay. Did you hear that? So in other words, he says for this one, I know he can handle five. For this one, I know he can handle two. For this one, I know he can handle one. But you are all my servants. And I'm pleased with each one of you. As long as you go and benefit what I have entrusted to you. So, continue. And straightway took his journey. Yeah, so he's gone. But each of us, we have been given a talent. Tell your neighbor, each one of us, we've been given a talent. It's just that some of us are given five, some two, some one. But each one of us, we are going to be held accountable for the talents we were given. Okay? Because if you are underperforming compared to the talents you were given, you are going to give account. 
Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Oh, okay. He made five more. Uh -huh. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. Okay. I want you to listen to this. The one who received five went and traded and got five more. Now he's got ten. The one who received two went and traded and got two more. Who worked harder between the five and the two? They worked hard the same way, all of them. Because this one was expected. The reason why you were given five, the master knew you could make five more. The reason why you were given two, the master knew you could make two more. Now let's listen. Somebody was given one. What do you think the master is expecting from him? One more. Yeah, the master is not expecting five from this one. But listen. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. <laughs> okay. It's like this. Some of you, you think that when the master comes, he will only make pastors account. Each one of us, we are going to account. Okay? So obviously, Paul says, those of us who are ministers of the gospel will be judged more harshly. Mm, that's the standard set. Because did you know that if I do not live right, my life impacts on more people if I don't live right than maybe somebody who is just a congregant in the church. Okay? So he says, those of us who are ministers of the gospel will be judged even with stricter judgment. Okay? So some of you, you might say, if I'm a leader, if I'm an elder, if I'm this, the judgment should be proportional to your level, to your status, to how the Lord views you. Mm -hmm. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reconneth with them. Okay, so tell your neighbor, the master is coming back. You better start trading with your talents. Amen. Don't hide it. Because some of you, you are hiding that talent. When the master comes back, he will say, why did I give you this talent if you were not going to use it? What a waste. Mm -hmm. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, Thou deliverest unto me five talents. Mm. Behold, I've gained beside them five talents more. Hey, I'm looking at that period, man. Guys, are you looking for the Lord's return? Amen. I'm looking forward to the Lord's return. I, 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 I want to see him when he comes back. And I say, Father, Lord, you've entrusted me with this. This is what I've done with what you've entrusted me. Amen. And I'm not ashamed to face him. Okay? He says, Master, you've given me five. Look, I've made five more. Uh -huh. His Lord said unto him, mm. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen, amen. I'm looking forward to the Lord saying that about my life. Are you also looking forward to the Lord saying that about your life? It doesn't matter how many talents you were given. Whether it's five, two, or one. If you maximize what the Lord has given you, he will say, well done. You good and faithful 
servant. So you did not busy yourself with things that don't matter. You focused on the assignment. Mm -hmm. Thou hast been faithful over few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Mm. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Mm. He also that had received two talents came and said, Mm. Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. You see how he is dealing with them. He is as impressed with the one of two talents who got two more as with the one of five talents who got five more. God is not respect of persons. So he says, you have maximized your profit. Return on, on investment was 100%, 100%. So come and rule over much. So the life that we are living now is just a tiny fraction of the life to come. So the Lord wants to see our faithfulness in what he has entrusted us here on the earth. Can you be faithful with the little that he has given you? Can he then trust you with more? If you can't manage the little he has given you, how will you be trusted with much? Maximize what he has entrusted you. Then he can trust you with much. Now, the one who... Okay. People who are loathing and lazy and whatever, they think they are wise. You know that even in church, some of those kind of bad fish, when they talk, they talk like they are wise. Okay? You cannot be wise if you are not talking what God has said. Because the Bible says, wisdom in the eyes of the world is foolishness before God. So people may say, oh, yeah, no, this one, he's very wise, or she's very wise, he's very clever. If it's not the word, then it's foolishness before God. It's that kind of other fish. It's the Daniels. Okay? Listen to what people who think they are wise, how they talk. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. <laughs> and if you look at this, people who don't work talk a lot. Tell your neighbor, people who don't work talk a lot. I mean, this man, he's coming with a lot of stories. He was supposed to use the same energy in just doing what he was supposed to do. Because some of the hard workers, they are quiet, but they are doing the work. Behind the scene, doing the work. Behind the scene, praying. Behind the scene, studying the word. Behind the scene, doing all the good deeds, blessing other people. Okay? But those who talk a lot, sometimes. Listen. Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. How do you start talking to the Lord like that? 
Huh? I know you to be a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown. There are some people who think like that even in the church. Oh, you know, if I have to do this when somebody, or and, and you're comparing yourself with the servants of the Lord, and you say, no, he's also just another man like me. Oh, you know this, this, this. The Lord knows those things. Yes, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown. So in other words, he was expecting the Lord himself to sow. He did not expect the Lord to entrust him. He wanted the Lord himself to sow. Continue. And gathering where you have not scattered seed. Mm. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Mm. Look, there you have what is yours. Oh. How do you think the master will feel? Oh, but this one was wise, man. This one was clever. Okay. Mm-hmm. But his Lord answered and said to him, mm. You wicked and lazy servant. Yeah. You knew that I reap where I have not sown yeah. and gather where I have not scattered seed. Mm. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers mm. and at my coming, I will have received back my own with interest. Yeah. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Mm. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this one is cast in the same place where the denials were cast. You remember? The fire. Okay? He says, you wicked and slothful servant. If you knew, actually other translation says, you will be judged by your words. So if you knew that um, I reap where I did not sow, why didn't you go and profit? So this is just a challenge to all of us as we are landing now. We're going to land with Romans. Just a challenge that as you take stock, just remember that the master is coming back. Some of you have started very well on fire for the Lord, but that fire is going off now. He says you have lost your first love. So I'm saying today, it's a day to reflect not on what other people are doing, but to reflect on your assignment in life. In other words, if the master were to come now, would he say, well done, you good and faithful servant? Would he say, you have done well and come and rule over much? Or will you say, you lazy and slothful servant? Are we reflecting on that? So it therefore means, even in a house of the Lord, what we do for the Lord, why I'm saying it doesn't help to compare yourself with others. That's why even each one of us, do you know that even when you, when you were born, you came alone yourself? When you die, you also go alone yourself? Even if your husband or your wife loves you too much, if you are about to die, doesn't, they don't accompany you. They can bury you, yes, but they don't go with you. Meaning, each one of us will account on our own. So therefore, 
We must never be influenced by what other people are doing. And that sways us from the purpose that God has given us. Be a disciplined cadre. Be a disciplined soldier. Know what God has entrusted you with. So we're going to conclude with Romans. This is our last scripture. Romans chapter 12. We'll do it in the NIV from verse 3. Because I want you to see like where he said the talents, some given five, some two, some one, each according to your abilities. Even in the church, we've got different gifts. Okay? Some sing very well. Some of us cannot sing that well. Some would preach well. Some may not preach that well. Some are good intercessors. Some, maybe they don't intercede as much. But each one of us, let's excel where the Lord has placed us. Excel in your area of calling. Excel in the grace that the Lord has bestowed upon you. So listen to this as we land. Romans 12, 3, going down. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Okay. So he's saying to every one of us. Mm -hmm. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Okay. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. There are some people who even in the church, they think of themselves more highly than they ought. He says, I'm saying to each one of you. Don't even think of yourself more highly than you ought. Because there are some people who think I'm there when they're actually not there. Okay? It's time to reflect. Mm -hmm. But but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. Mm. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. You see? Think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each one of us. So it means you measure yourself according to the proportion of faith or the grace that the Lord has bestowed upon you. That should be your measuring stick. Mm -hmm. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. You know that, isn't it? So we've got many parts with many members not all the members have the same function. Since I came here to the fore, only one part of my body has been speaking. Okay? And the eyes are not jealous about that. And the ears are also not jealous about that. They say, go on. That's your time. Amen? Because each member, each part of my body complements the other part. So Jesus also wants his body to be like that. Do you know that we are the body of Christ as the church? So he also wants us to complement each other. If one member among us is ordained to speak, let's all support that member. If one member among us is ordained to be the eyes, let's support that member. If one member among us is ordained to be the ears, Let's support them. Some of our parts work behind the scene. Let's support them. 
Okay? It's not that everybody should be seen in the pulpit ministry. That's also how our parts are like, isn't it? Some parts don't enjoy public ministry. Okay? But they are there behind the scene. And they must stay there as intercessors. Okay? People may not know what you are doing, and then you think, oh, but it seems I should also be doing this so that I can get recognition. The master knows that you are busy with that ministry. You are the one who is actually interceding. When things are going well, and the pastor thinks he's because he's preaching a very powerful message, only to find that there was somebody behind the scene who was praying, who was interceding. Amen. That's why we need each other. We need one another. That's why we should not even be quick to get rid of some of the soldiers. We need as many soldiers as possible. Amen. We need to populate heaven. More in the kingdom. Okay. We are members of one another. So in Christ we, though many, form one body. Okay. In Christ, we may be many, but we form one body. Mm. Mm -hmm. And each member belongs to all the others. Okay. Shake the hand of your neighbor, say, I belong to you. We are part of the same body. Tell your neighbor, I will not be jealous of you. When you succeed, I succeed. Yeah. And tell your neighbor, I will pray for you. Amen. That's what we must do for one another. Because we are members one of another. Do you know that Imagine if my feet, my legs were jealous of my mouth. You know what they would have done? They would not have moved from there. They would say, this mouth, he always gets public, uh, public uh, spectacle. We are not going to walk today. We will see how he gets there. <laughs> then my mouth would have been stuck. Okay? But the feet knew that we work together here. So the brain thinks, okay, it's time now to go and minister. Okay? Look at how our bodies are coordinated. The, body, the, the brain thinks this, and then the feet says, yes, we are ready. And then stand up, and as you walk, come here to the fore, and the ears are listening to the musicians, or oh, they are still singing. The eyes look, okay, you guys getting ready. You see how your body is coordinated. Yeah. So that's kind of coordination. It says, verse 5, So in Christ, though we are many, we form one body. So it means Christ also wants to have an organized body like yours. Tell your neighbor, Christ also wants an organized body like yours. Yeah. So because in your body, your parts don't gossip about each other. Why do you want Christ's body to have parts that gossip about each other? Yeah. In your body, if one member is feeling pain, do you know that some of you say, I couldn't even go to work because I had severe headache. Then we say to you, but do you go to work with the head? Why didn't the other parts just come to work, even if the head was aching. 
No. When one member is hurting, the whole body fills with it. Some of you say, I'm sick. I've got this here, this what. But the rest is fine. But because of this, we are all concerned. You get that? So he says, so it is with the body of Christ. So if we can start thinking of each other like that. So we need one another. We need one another. Even when one body is wounded, when one member of the body is wounded, we should be there for one another. There's this saying I heard, they say Jimmy Swaggart once said, the only army in the world that I know of, who if one of theirs is wounded, they go and finish them as Christians. Generally soldiers in the world, when one member is wounded, they risk their own lives to rescue the one who is wounded. So it means we need to be there for one another. We need to be there to build one another up. So continue with this body of Christ. We're landing with this one. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Okay. We have different gifts again according to the grace given to each one of us. We do not all have the same grace. You know, the psychologists are picking it late that we are different. They will say, some of you are introverts, some of you are extroverts, some of you are this, some of you are that. We've got, we are different. Okay? But it means each one of us is important in our own field. I don't have to be important because of being in your lane. Amen? I can be who God wanted me to be. And there is a reason why God created me this way. He wanted me to play my role as part of the body. Even in your own homes, we do not all have the same abilities. We've got different graces. So he says, according to the grace given to each one of us. Mm -hmm. If your gift is prophesying, Mm -hmm. then prophesy in accordance with your faith. Mm-hmm. If it is serving, mm. then serve. Mm-hmm. If it is teaching, mm. then teach. Mm-hmm. If it is to encourage, mm-hmm. then give encouragement. Mm. If it is giving, mm. then give generously. Mm. If it is to lead, mm. do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You see? So that's how we must do it. So he tells us how we must do it because of the grace given to each one of us. But just continue because there are also how we shouldn't do things. So he says love must be sincere. So as we are reflecting, we're saying this is what we must do, but this is what we mustn't do. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there is that. So cling to what is good, hate what is evil. Mm-hmm. Mm. Amen. Mm. Mm. So never be lacking in zeal. Okay? So don't lose your first love. Never be lacking in zeal. Tell your neighbor, never be lacking in zeal. We want to see that passion. We want to see that you know why you are a child of God. Why you are so motivated to go to church. Why you are so motivated to pray. Why you are so motivated to talk about Christ. Why you are so motivated to give even in the church. 
Because you know what the Lord has done for you and how much he means to you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Faithful in prayer. Oh, for prayer it says we must be faithful, faithful in prayer. <laughs> okay. Be faithful in prayer. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. So when it's affliction, you need to be patient. But it says, be faithful in prayer. Okay? Are you faithful in prayer? Ask your neighbor, are you faithful in prayer? Warn them, don't answer loudly. Okay, continue. Share with the Lord's people who are in need Mm. and practice hospitality. You see, that's giving. Mm. Mm -hmm. Bless those who persecute you. Oh. Uh Bless and do not curse. So it means for a child of God, you don't have an opportunity to curse. Mm. It says, bless those who persecute you. So they do wrong to you. You are expected to bless them. Mm. It says, bless and do not curse. It's very easy when people have been nasty to you to be nasty on them. It's very easy to say, I also am a human being, I've got blood. How many times did you hear that? I also am a human being, I've got blood. Who said you don't have blood? You see, when a person starts that way, I'm also a human being and I have blood. They want to justify their action. He says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Mm-hmm. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mm. Mourn with those who mourn. Mm. Live in harmony with one another. So this is part of reflecting. You see, I told you we are counting stock. So each of these areas, you say, how am I here? How am I in prayer? How am I in, 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 in my relationship with other, the brethren? How am I in giving? How am I in this? You see, he's telling us all the things. So you're taking stock. How am I doing on this one? It's not comparing yourself with others. You're comparing yourself with the manual, with what the master expects from each one of us. Mm -hmm. Live in harmony with one another. Mm. Do not be proud, Mm -hmm. but be willing to associate with people of low position. Mm. Don't be consulted. Mm. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Mm. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Mm. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, Live at peace with everyone. I like that verse 18. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So it means if there is bitterness and squabble, it's not because of my side. I've done everything I should do to live at peace. Okay? You should be saying that. Because most of us usually say, no, I can't do that because if I do that, she will take advantage of me. That's your flesh speaking. Okay? Because sometimes the Holy Spirit will, within you will tell you, it's true she has wronged you. But you were wrong, they go and ask for forgiveness. Then your mind quickly comes in, no, but if I ask for forgiveness, they won't see their fault. And they will think it's just me. Do you think the Holy Spirit talks like that? That's the voice of a stranger. That's the devil. He doesn't want you to. So he says here, as much as it depends on you. In other words, you say, I will do my part. If they don't do their part, that's between them and their God. I will do my part as far as it depends on you. 
live at peace with everyone. So even if they hate you, they spoke bad about you, as long as it depends on you, do your part. Amen. Say, I'll ask for forgiveness. And do you know how it works? In many times, when you go and ask for forgiveness, they quickly pick up that, no, actually, I was also wrong, you know. I'm also very much sorry for what I did to you. Do you know that's how people do? Yeah, that's the nature of people. So once one of you start to acknowledge and say, we've got to live in peace here. What, and you take stock, how did I contribute to the friction between us? What was my portion? You pick your portion, and you don't even look at, but they also did this. You know that the mind quickly say, but you know they started. But they did this. It's again that thing of taking other people's stock. Take your own stock and say, but I was wrong here. And that's what I'm accountable for. So I go and ask for forgiveness. And when you do that, the other person usually quickly picks up that you're coming at peace. And the person says, no, you know, I'm sorry. I think I'm the one actually who started this. Now you've won them. Okay? Continue. We're concluding this one. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, mm. but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. So when he says don't take revenge, dear children, leave room for God to repay. So if you know God will deal with it, why do you have to bother yourself? You know that the, the Lord says, I'll be an enemy to your enemies, an adversary to your adversaries. That's why you don't even have to hate anybody. Because if they come against you, they are provoking your God. And he says, leave room. I will deal with it. So when the Lord will deal with it, I don't have to deal with it. I can keep on loving you. I can keep on being good to everyone. Mm -hmm. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Oh, really? And you know what the enemy will think? He will think you have poured something. That's usually what your enemy will think. You see, because it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. This person talks bad about you and they are your enemies, and now all of a sudden you come with food. I can see you're hungry. <laughs> the enemy thinks, uh uh. This is not right. Because the enemy is not wired like that. The enemy doesn't think they can be loved so much. So they won't eat that food. They will think there is something in the food. When there isn't. You see? Because that's how the enemy thinks. So he says, if your enemy is hungry, give them food. Bless them. And you are genuinely blessing them. If they are thirsty. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. Hmm. And in doing this, you will heap burning coals in his head. On yeah. his head. So it means, do your part. Do your part. Don't be influenced by what the other person is doing. You take your own stock. You are responsible for your own company. You are responsible for your own life. And he says, don't be overcome. Verse 21, and we'll end with that one. Don't be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Amen. So I'll explain this. 
When he says, don't be overcome with evil, overcome evil with good. This is about relationships. I will give you an example in relationships. Let's take husband and wife. You know you love each other. Okay? But do you know that the enemy can start something, one of you does something, the other one, instead of overcoming evil with good, they also do evil. This one comes with the other one, other one. You know that sometimes some of the things that divide you, it didn't start there. It was this. And when this one threw that evil, the next one said, I cannot be outdone. But you are competing in the evil territory. <laughs> you know that if you are a Christian, if you are a child of God, you are not good at sinning anyway. So why are you competing in something that you are not so good at? You know, people of the world, they will say, ah, she just doesn't know me. I can, just with two words, I can sort her and she will even stink. There are people in the world who think, who are so much proud that they are very good at that. Now imagine you want to compete with that one. You will come second best anyway, because some of you are not good at that evil stuff anyway. Okay? So if they are coming with their evil things, you say, that's not my, my space. My space is to love you. My space is to pray for you. My space is to be good to you. Because I know it is the devil who is working that in you. It is not you. Do you know that when people do those bad stuff to you, it's not starting from them. It is the enemy who is looking for you. And the enemy uses people just as much as God uses people. Now, if then somebody you are close to, because to me it always pains me, when you see how, especially now in the past few days when they were talking about violence against women and children, and most of those you find is the people who were supposed to have been in love. But it had turned sour. So they are more enemies than any other enemy. In other words, you can't kill anybody, but you can kill your wife. It means things have turned so sour. So this one here says, don't be overcome by evil. This is the trick. Overcome evil with good. This is also what we've done. Between women, I will have this agreement to say, you know that I love you. I know that she loves me. So if she says something, or if I say something, we say your first judgment should be, because you know that in every story there are two sides. You know that, isn't it? You say something, there's always two meanings to that. So you should always choose the best one, the best meaning. Don't take the other one, because you know this person loves you. Okay? You know that there's that. Yeah. But usually if you are negative, you always choose the other one. We're saying choose the good one. Now, the trick that we also said is that if sometimes, because you know that the devil uses people, isn't it? So do you think when the devil wants to attack me, who should he use? He should go to the one closest to me. Isn't it? If he wants to attack her, the one's very closest. Because otherwise, if it's somebody so far, you can ignore it. You know that if it's people so far, you can ignore it. If you hear, no, somebody in Australia was gossiping about you. <laughs> Do you bother? Ah, 
That's too far. But the more closer it is, the more it hurts. And the enemy knows the more closer it is, the more it hurts. So what we do is that if one is angry, and you can see that this person is angry and they talk, don't answer them. Amen. It's a deal. You make that deal before. You don't do it in the heat eh, of the moment. So make that agreement before and say, because we don't want this thing. Where, because when one says this, if somebody's angry and they say this, and you go in and go there, they will go and you go and you go. But now if they come, they are selling. It says here, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So they come, they are selling, they are angry. They want you to also buy anger. Tell them I don't have money for anger. But you don't say it loudly, you just keep quiet. Okay? So, and you will never find somebody fighting alone. The reason why people fight is because this one starts, the other one does this. That's the thing. And sometimes you would find, where sometimes you find that men abuse women physically, it's because they realize, I'm not as smart here. You see, the woman... She will give you nice words, nice in a bad way. So she will sort you out here. And then the man realizes, I don't have strength here. My strength is here. You see? So that's why people do that. Because then the one sells and the other one buys. So this verse here says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So the only way I can respond to you it's either with good words or with good actions. Otherwise, I keep quiet. Do that. It will save you. Even with other people. Because sometimes quickly people will say, no, you are quiet because you know you are, wrong. you are wrong. They are provoking you. They want you to say you are not wrong. You see? <laughs> you see? So it means we need to then just be calm. Amen. So have you reflected? Have we reflected? I will give us just about three minutes. We are going to pray. Just taking stock. Your stock is not the same as mine. Your organization is not the same as mine. Your life is not even the same as your child's life, as your wife's life, as your mother's life, as your father's life. It's about you. Can you reflect in line with even how we started when the Bible says, I know you are good at this, I know you are good at this, but I've got this one thing against you. You've lost your first love. So where we know here I, I haven't been doing right, you say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, help me to be the best that I can be. I want to fulfill my assignment in life. And you even make, you start now, but you make it even your New Year's resolution. And next year we'll be surprised. Ah, you, you were, we couldn't see you anywhere all these years. And he said, no, that message, the Lord was speaking to me. The Lord was specifically ministering to me. And I'll, I'm not of a hard heart. So let's stand up. Thank God for the word that we've had. And where you need to reflect, where you need to tell God... Tell him what you want to tell him. We just take about three to five minutes. Just tell God what we want to tell him.
Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. Mighty Father, even as it's time to reflect, this is time, Lord.